In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Seventy-one degrees outside, and they say it's not going to get even into the 80s today. In front of me, it says 77 are high. Rain showers uh, possible, maybe even likely. Tomorrow, thunderstorms, light rain on Thursday, thunderstorms on Friday. It may be a little difficult get, to get my uh, my yard mowed um, before it looks kind of rough. You know what I mean? But um, yep. Anyway, they say uh, Saturday mostly cloudy, but no mention of rain. But really, temperature is much more moderate uh, for the uh, the foreseeable next six or seven days, and maybe the future as well. All right. Well, if it if it rains and gets soggy, you and Grace can have mud bogging races. Yes. Out there in the yard. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> um. Good morning. Good morning. Today is July twenty sixth, folks, and it's um. You you know when it rains it pours the expression. Yes. Um. So I have uh, two cars, two vehicles, and neither one are acting right today. <laughs> what? I really, I mean, uh, I have trouble starting either one of them, and uh, I've got uh, in the Mini Cooper, I've got some sort of drain going on. It's got a new battery, but some sort of drain that's. Um, when it's parked, is is pulling it off, right? Pulling it down. If I jump it, it's fine. Or if I put that um, battery recharging thing on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, you got a bad cell in your battery. Well, possibly. I, I I don't know. And then my Pathfinder, it's it's getting a little weird with starting. So I've got to. Well, attack some of that today. Just, just my thoughts. If you got, if it starts when you charge it, then obviously the battery's not holding the charge. That, that's what it sounds like to yeah, me. But what I'm saying is, uh, say, oh well, it could be that, or it could be something is still draining it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some electronic component. Yeah, they, on uh, the mini. Now on the on the the, the um, on the Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. I turn it to start, and nothing. Turn it to start, and nothing. Turn it to start, nothing. Turn it to start, nothing. But maybe on the 19th time, it'll fire. See? Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't know. I'm going to have to get uh, 
my experts uh, involved. You have a battery tester? Uh, sure. Check it out. See if, see if it's holding the charge when you got it turned off. Take the cables off. You get a better reading that way. You can t- test it with it on, but well, you get a better reading. Or you can go go down there to, uh, what is it, AutoZone? They'll come out and test it. Or um, what's the other place across from? Well, whatever. Yeah. There's a couple of different places where they'll they'll come out and test your batteries. It's a lot right. easier and quicker. Now, my Pathfinder has a new battery. Oh, but uh, it's a different kind of problem. Mm. Anyway, all right. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It is, uh, as we said, July 26th. Um, let's see. Today is National All or Nothing Day. Interesting. It's National Disability Independence Day. It's National Bagel Fest Day. Yum. National Aunt and Uncle's Day. We have a few of those. And National Coffee Milkshake Day. Hmm. Ever had one? I don't think so. They're pretty dandy. They're good. I mean, if you put a little bit in like a chocolate milkshake even, boy, it just enhances the flavor. Put a little... Coffee and uh, chocolate pie, pudding pie, chocolate cake. Kick, as Emerald would say, kicks it up a notch. (laughs) I went to dinner last night with Debbie Fultz. And, of course, she's uh, the owner of Court Street Coffee. And um, now down there on East State Street where... um, Oh, what's that pizza place? Pizza Cottage? No. Donato's? Yes. Um, half of that store used to be an ice cream place, right? Yep. Well, she's putting in a coffee shop there. Oh. And it has, you know, a drive through window. So, um, anyway, and then the other facility that she has is that of... Um, the Holzer Clinic's uh, coffee stand inside Holzer down on East State, right? Yes. Anyway, and, and we talk about coffee. You know, I I'm not real picky. I and I, I mean I I just I like it and. Um, I just don't know all the different things about coffee, and she sure does. Oh, I bet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see here. Good morning, folks, and welcome. Uh, we went through uh, all the National Day events. Uh, let's do the historical stuff. Obviously, today a free-for-all edition. Um, let's do the year 657. The Battle of Siffin, S-I-F-F-I-N, during the first Muslim civil war between Ali ibn Abi Talib. Oh, this next one's even tougher. Muawiyah 
the first occurred beside the Euphrates River. Now, sometimes you look these things up with me. Do you think I got any of that pronounced properly? Every bit of it. Okay. Thanks for your uh, confidence. Support. Yes, that's right. Uh, the next event, we jump ahead only uh, 1,400 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the year 1519, Francisco Pizarro receives the Royal Charter for the West Coast of South America. You know, another thing we were talking about last night at dinner was um, Ecuador. Turns out that Debbie's uh, son Charlie and maybe even someone else in the family have had experiences in Ecuador in the Peace Corps and stuff like that. And you know, I had a basically a summer in Ecuador and uh, it was fascinating. Beautiful place. Okay, now we just jump ahead about 20 years to the year 1533 when Francisco Pizarro orders the death of the last Sepa Inca Emperor Atahualpa Atahualpa A-T-H-U-A-L-P-A The Sepa Inca Emperor Okay, 1803 the survey I'm sorry, the Surrey Iron Railway Arguably, the world's first public railway opens in South London, 1803. Somehow or other, I thought public rails were available before then, but according to this, not so. I thought they were, too, in the... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Next event, 1908, the United States Attorney General, General Charles Joseph Bonaparte, or Bonaparte, issues an order to immediately staff the office of the Chief Examiner. That office later became known as our FBI. 1945, the Declaration of Potsdam. United States, Britain, and China demand the unconditional surrender of Japan during World War II. Here's one I remember, 1953, Fidel Castro leads a failed attack on the Moncada barracks intended to spark a revolution, of course, in Cuba. Well, let's see here. Famous birthdays. Here we go. George Bernard Shaw. Never heard of him. 
Never. Born on this date in 1856, died in 1950. George Bernard Shaw, known at his insistence simply by Bernard Shaw, was an Irish playwright, critic, polemicist, and political activist. What was the one just before that? Uh, Polemicist. What is that? P-O-L-E-M-I-C-I-S-T. We'll get to that here in a second. Okay. Um, His influence on Western theater culture and politics extended from the 1880s to his death and beyond. Oh, yes. Now we're going to go for... Palmists or something. Palmer Fest. No, no, no. (laughs) Don't, Don't get our people confused. It is a person who engages in controversial debate. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> we know a few of those. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, Sandra Bullock. Ah, yes. Great picture of her here. 58th birthday today. Name a few of the shows she was best known for, if you can. Oh, she was in uh, The Lost City, The Proposal, The Blind Side. Most recently, Ocean's 8. And uh, let's see. What was the name of that movie that was uh, mm, the bu- runaway bus? Speed. That's what it was. She was also in Miss Congeniality. Mm, that now finally hit when I kind of remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. The 55th birthday today for Jason uh, Statham. Statham. S-T-A-T-H-A-M. His picture looks a bit familiar. He is an English actor. He is known for portraying characters in various action thriller films who are typically tough, hard-boiled, gritty, or violent. (laughs) (laughs) Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) Statham. Began practicing Chinese martial arts, kickboxing, and karate recreationally in his youth while working at local market stalls. How about that? Now, I've heard this name, this next one, Stanley Kubrick. K-U-B-R-I-C-K. Wasn't he an author? Let's see. Well, this is a... a Director, This appears film, to be something. a very young picture of him. Ah, here we go. And... Um, but yet he was born in 1928 and died in 1999. So he's, why such a young photo? Hmm. Anyway. I don't know. Now, um, what was he? He was an American film director, producer, screenwriter, and photographer, widely considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Uh, his films almost all of which are adaptations of, and they cut that off here. So I'm going to just leave it at that unless I can find this quickly. Uh, Adaptations of novels or short stories, and they cover a wide range of genres and are noted for their realism, dark humor, unique cinematography, extensive set designs, and evocative use of music. Some of his movies include uh, Jack Nicholson started this one, The Shining. 
2001, A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange. (laughs) That was a funny movie. Eyes Wide Shut. I do remember these. Yes. Okay. Uh, Famous Deaths, Two Dimensions. One name is not familiar to me. The other one is, but I don't know why. So let's just do it. First is Ed Gein, G-E-I-N. He was born in 1906, but died on this date in 1984. Oh, heavens. Edward Theodore Gein, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul, G-H-O-U-L, was an American murderer and body snatcher. Wow. And we need to recognize yeah, that. Huh? Yep. Yeah, why, again, why do we glorify okay. these people? Now, the next one is George Gallup. G-A-L-L-U-P. And born in 1901, died on this date in 1984, the same date as uh, Mr. Gein. Yes. Um, George Horace Gallup. Why do I know him? Well, you may know him from uh, the Gallup polls. Oh, yes. He was an American pioneer of survey sampling techniques mm-hmm. and inventor of the Gallup poll, a successful statistical method of survey sampling for measuring public opinion. And anymore, I'm very skeptical of polls, wherever they come from. Mm. Well... Okay, so um, have you ever heard of the uh, theatrical production, Oh, Calcutta? Yes. Did you ever see it? I do not believe I have. I'll tell you why. Tell me. All the actors were in the nude. Thank goodness I have not seen that. (laughs) Well. Why didn't they have it on National Nude Day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, they might now. That kind of goes with the National Day today, all or nothing. You remember day. <laughs> decades ago when the concept of pre-love and anything goes were kind of the mantra of the youth, right? Well, on this date, but they don't state the year exactly, O Calcutta opened in London. And uh, immediately, police considered a prosecution for obscenity. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, good morning, folks. Let's see here. (laughs) Now I'm trying to find what date that might be close to. Okay. Let's see. Debuted off-Broadway in 1969. Mm Mm-hmm. And then in the West End in 1970. West End? What does that I mean? I don't know. I mean, we have a West End here in Athens. I don't, oh, most towns do. I don't think it happened here or but, um, West End of Columbus. It ran in London for over 3,900 performances and in New York initially for 1,115 performances. Now, verify the fact. Was it done in the nude? Um, That's what this little blurb I have says. Well, the pictures they have 
here's um they all have clothing on <laughs> it says it is an avant-garde risque theatrical review created by british drama critic kenneth tynan the show consisting of sketches on sex-related topics okay. debuted off broadway in 1969 let's see here and it's the point it was it was risque we'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah uh let's see O Calcutta, at 50 years old in 2019, still naked after all these years. <laughs> okay. uh, Let me move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Apparently let's go to the uh, hard news, okay? Um, the military government in Myanmar executed four imprisoned pro-democracy activists over the weekend. Government officials confirmed that yesterday. Carried out under the pretense of terrorism charges, they are believed to be the first formal executions by the government in decades and come amid a growing multi-sided insurgency against the military government. Once again, we're talking about Myanmar. And the story goes on. The prisoners included Philozea Thal, a former lawmaker aligned with the imprisoned leader Aung San Suu Kyi, as well as writer Kwa Min Yu. Since the country's pro-democracy government was ousted last February, an estimated 14,000 civilians have been arrested and 2,000 others have been killed amid fighting in a military crackdown. Once again, we're talking about Myanmar. The international community has largely refused to recognize the government, though Russia and China have both reportedly provided material support to the regime. Formal government-led executions have decreased globally over the last decade, but jumped 20% in 2021, with a reported 579 executions across 18 different countries. Hmm. Well, let's see here. Uh, this story is titled, A Sixth Exoneration. Let's see what they're getting at. Stephen Lopez, a co-defendant in the Central Park Five rape case, had his conviction overturned yesterday, decades after serving a three-year prison sentence on related charges. The then 15-year-old Lopez was arrested in April of 1989 
along with a number of other black and Latino teenagers, including a group that became known as the Central Park Five, for the assault and rape of a female jogger in New York's Central Park. While the five teens, and I've got their names here, were ultimately found guilty of the attack, Lopez struck a deal to plead guilty to a lesser charge of assaulting a separate jogger. Well, the five were exonerated in 2002 after DNA evidence linked a separate serial rapist to the crime. The five men received $41 million settlement from the city. Lopez was not part of the settlement, and his conviction remained in place following his release in the early 1990s. They go on to say the case became a flashpoint for youth crime, race relations, and policing practices in the city. Okay, here's one kind of related to our industry a little bit. The Alex Jones trial. Have you heard about this at all? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe as I read it, you will. Yeah. Jury selection began yesterday for the Alex Jones trial. Uh, This is in Austin, Texas, for a defamation trial against InfoWars radio host Alex Jones, who spread conspiracy theories claiming the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre was a hoax. The outcome of the case will determine how much money Jones must pay in damages to the family of children killed in the worst mass shooting at an elementary school in U.S. history. The trial is the first of three. Two in Austin, Texas, where InfoWars is headquartered, and one in Connecticut where the shooting actually took place. Trial follows a three-month-long delay that was triggered after Jones filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Um, That's for the company he worked for, for InfoWars, and two of his other companies. Courts in Texas and Connecticut have already found Jones liable for defamation for his portrayal I got it out, of the shooting, issuing judgments without trial. And just to refresh your memory, 26 people, including 20 children, were killed in the Sandy Hook attack. It's a mess. Well, let's see here. Anything else in this report I need to deal with? I guess not. Those are some of their headlines. 
Um, it's nine forty-one and a half. Um, you know, each morning you kind of go through a stack of things that we've built up here. And um, did anything catch your eye this morning? Um, I did find a couple here. 2022's Happiest Cities. Happiest Cities. In America and Top 25 Beaches in the United States. Well, I tell you what. uh, A lot of this news this morning has not been happy. (laughs) So let's let's, uh, do a little bit of that before we return to the hard news. All right. Let's go with the beaches. Beaches. Yeah. Okay. Um, where are my favorite beaches? Well, and we'll see if any of them show up. I, I don't know where y- your favorite beaches well, are. I, I know. I was about to tell you. Oh, okay. So the Outer Banks. Okay. Oh, there goes my phone. Let me turn that off. Okay. The Outer Banks is one of my favorites. Um, I have liked Key West, but it's a long haul down there. Um, I like Maine. Okay, now are any of those three showing up? Negative. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what does the public have to say when surveyed? All right. Well, number one beach is uh, one of your previous stomping grounds in... Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Which, which name? Hapawana Beach State Recreation Area. What is it? Hapawana, H-A-P-U-N-A, Hapuna. Oh, I think that's slightly on the windward side. Okay. Okay, I, and it's not one that I, I maybe visited it once or twice. They say there's a small set of rocks that provide some of the best snorkeling on the island, okay. the water was crystal clear and brightly colored tropical fish, plentiful. Number two, Siesta Beach in Siesta Key, Florida. Hmm. Absolutely beautiful beach. Well, that's part of the Keys. I did mention the Keys. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. I was thinking more of Key West when you said that. Well, um, wait a minute. Siesta. Then, okay. Do I, I guess I need to get Siesta Key out, and I'll Google it while you keep going. So. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up is another Hawaiian beach, P-O-I-P-U, Poipu. Yes. Beach Park. Been there. Okay. Uh, it goes on to say there was amazing snorkeling area uh, beach shielded from the waves for the little ones and surfing all within a short distance of each other number four moonstone beach in cambria california beautiful beach and a great place to look for moonstones and jade when the tide goes out, you can explore the tide pools. And another Hawaiian beach yet in the top five. K 
K-A-I-L-U-A. Kailua. Very good. Um, Been there many times. Offers plenty of everything sand, wide open space, fewer crowds, and a good park to go with it. The beach is awesome. Coming uh, from someone who grew up on an island, wrote in. And number six, Driftwood Beach. Uh, Driftwood Beach is at Jekyll Island, Georgia. Hmm. Number seven, Ruby Beach, Olympic National Park, Washington. Number eight, Cannon Beach in, haha, imagine this, Cannon Beach, Oregon. And number nine, La Jolla Cove in La Jolla, California. Uh, they say this is a great spot to just see um, the water, the waves, and uh, just a very scenic beach line. And let's finish it with 10. Okay. Another, yet another Hawaiian beach. Hokipa Beach Park. H O apostrophe. Okay, I P A. I don't know that one. Uh, same here. All right. Now, um, the only one that puzzled me was Siesta Key. Well, it turns out it's not part of the Florida Keys. Uh, what's with my headset here? Um, it is uh, just um, just west of Sarasota. Kind of a little island. Not so little, actually. Just off the coast, but all tied together with bridges and everything. Okay, so that's Siesta Key. Yes. Incidentally, <coughs> excuse me, number 11 was Pensacola Beach. Ah, okay. So there was one there in Florida, and then a couple other ones appear after that in yeah. Florida. Wow. Another Hawaiian beach. Another Florida beach. You know, how do you go wrong with either place? Yeah, they're all terrific. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, uh, turning our attention to the harder news, the New York Times now. And uh, the lead says, the debate over inflation often, often treats it as a uniquely American problem. It's not. Inflation has dominated the news about America's economy in recent months as prices for food, gas, and other goods have increased faster than they have in four decades. That, that's true here, but inflation is a global phenomenon right now. And the U.S. has actually fared better than other countries in recent months. In June, consumer prices in the U.S. increased 9.1% over the previous year. They increased 9.6% in Europe during the same time period. So they got it worse. Now we do have a color. So I'm going to stop here, and um, 
bring them on board, and then, then we'll come back to this, I hope. So let me look for the right button. Here it is. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. I just got a couple quick announcements. Uh, you can buy gas in Lancaster at three ninety-five. I saw that last night. The uh, the what other what were you doing in is, Lancaster last night? Uh, you didn't invite that, me. Well, that's kind of personal, isn't it, to well, ask the, uh, somebody that? I'm teasing. This is someone I know very well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I was, uh, and we socialize a lot, so I was teasing yeah. him. Anyway, go ahead. What was it? Three what? The other? 395. 395. Yeah. And that, that makes it almost worth to drive a gas guzzler up there to get uh, get a tank of gas. But anyway... The other announcement was I'm going to buy a Mega Millions ticket yeah. today, okay. and uh, when I win, uh, I will be unavailable <laughs> because yeah. uh, same here. Out of out of fear that I will uh, meet an un- untimely demise and not be able to enjoy my money, uh-huh. I'm going to bury my uh, uh, board up the house yeah. and stay in here the rest of my life. <laughs> you won't be happy. Well, no, but I, I, I won't, I won't You'll be fear, so- uh, losing my money. Oh. <laughs> See, what's the what's the number up to now? Uh, it's uh, over eight hundred million. Eight hundred million. You're gonna mm-hmm. have you're gonna have gasoline delivered to your house. Yeah, but I won't need it because I'm not going anywhere. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna play it safe. Well, to maybe cut your grass, or I, don't, I guess you could have somebody come and do that. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't. I won't be going out at all. Yeah. Really? I mean, I. You know, if, if I used a lawnmower, it could hurt me. You, That's right. You could even buy a donkey. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Or a whole zoo. <laughs> well, that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you. That's it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. okay. Well. Yeah. Good luck tonight. Same with me. I'm getting one too. And if if I win, I don't think I'll board up the house, but. Uh, maybe maybe boarding a jet somewhere. That's probably the only boarding I'll be doing. Well, I don't think I'll be bored. Or bored, yeah. All right, another caller coming in. Uh, good morning. Hi. I'm not buying one of those damn tickets. <laughs> okay. That's but fine. I did, I did want to say, what did you think all those fireworks that the old copperheads put on, on Friday, Saturday night? Well, I I didn't make it to it, but they always do an outstanding job, and people always compliment them because if you think about it, all the dates they fire it, and they do it four times, I think, this season, and that's not uncommon, um, are not on the big demand nights for the fireworks company, so they get a better bang for the buck if you get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so people are always in awe of the Copperheads fireworks. And speaking of gas prices, I'm in awe of how, well, as of last Saturday, Kroger's was down to three fifty nine. I mean, four fifty nine. Yeah. You know, it, it's all started by. I think it's lower now. See, it's been going down. Yeah, so no one said anything on the radio yet about it, but it's good to see, and it's all thank our. Uh, 
Let's see. Well, it took this, mayor, it our took mayor this region. It took this region longer than any other that I know of to finally start the drought. Right, and I'm just thinking, boy, that's looking great. I mean, yeah. I remember Scott saying, something's got to be done. And I guess something got done. I don't, it took, yep. let's, let's start getting the food prices down now, yep. too. More needs to be done. Right, more needs to be done. Right, when you can go down up to Lancaster, 395, that's not bad. I mean, this is what we're saying. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Okay. The cold weather t- today is wonderful, too. Have a good day. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So uh, we were talking about um, America's economy and the fact that um, this is not just us. Uh, this is the world. And in fact, in many places in the world, in fact, the world as a whole has even seen a higher um, issue. All right, so let's see. Much of the public discussion about inflation in the U.S. has focused on domestic problems, particularly President Biden's policies. Critics argue that the American Rescue Plan, the pandemic relief bill that Biden signed into law 16 months ago, has supercharged consumer demand by sending $1.9 trillion to Americans, state governments, and other programs. As higher demand has chased limited supplies of goods and prices have soared. The law has certainly played a role in increased inflation, economists say, but the global trends suggest that focusing solely on the U.S.'s role misses a big part of the story, which is how external forces have driven prices up. Common causes. What do we have? About three minutes. The big factors that drove up inflation in the U.S. also affected the rest of the world. The disruption of supply chains by both the pandemic and Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, as well as soaring consumer demand for goods. But increasing inflation has played out differently in different countries. The U.S.'s earlier, bigger price spike had different causes than Europe's more recent increases. In the U.S., demand has played a bigger role in inflation than it has elsewhere. That is likely the result of not just the American Rescue Plan, but also economic relief measures that were enacted by former President Trump. Altogether, the U.S. spent more to prevent economic catastrophe during the pandemic than most of the world did, that led to a stronger recovery, but also to greater inflation. In Europe, supply has played a bigger role. The five-month-old war in the Ukraine has a more direct shock to Europe than it has to the rest of the world because it pushed the continent to try to end its reliance on Russian oil and gas. That prompted Europe's recent jump in inflation. 
the U.S. is trying to cool down an overheating economy. That is just not the situation in Europe. Well, the New York Times, the morning report, goes into a lot more detail on this. And um, if you'd like to um, to get their their input, uh, go to their uh, web page. All right. Sports. What do you think, Scott? Well, let's see. The Copperheads are finished for this season. Uh, they didn't have uh, much of a year as far as where they finished in the standings. Nope. So, better luck to them next year. Um, let's see. The Reds had a big win last night over the Miami Marlins. Uh, what was the final? 11-2, to two, I think. And uh, Jonathan India, last year's Rookie of the Year, hit his first ever Grand Slam. And he launched one into the upper deck. And that put the Reds ahead 10-2 to two at the time, I believe. So, Trade deadline coming up on August 2nd, so I look for a couple of the Reds to be traded. Uh, hopefully they get some good prospects. The reason they're trading them is because their contracts are finishing up and they're wanting more money. They probably won't be able to pay them the money that they are asking. Joe Burrow is going to be having a great deal on his contract coming up in a couple years too once his rookie that, deal true. runs out. He could be making – up to $150 million. Okay. We're out of time, folks. Have a marvelous day. In our okay. 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. Stocks are lower in early trading as we await reports on consumer confidence and new home sales. The Dow is down 120 points after disappointing news from a major retailer and a U.S. car maker. GM says profits fell 40 percent in the second quarter over last year because of parts shortages and losses in China. CFO Paul Jacobson. We've slowed down some hiring. Uh, we have put off some uh, cost and expenses and investments that we were going to make going into this year. That report after Walmart cut its profit forecast yesterday, but lots of people are still drinking soda. Coca-Cola says earnings are better than expected despite price increases. Russia is planning to pull out of the International Space Station. The head of Russia's state-run space program, Yuri Borisov, announcing his country will leave the ISS in 2024 and begin work on its own station. Officials at NASA say it's news to them. The CDC says the U.S. now leads the world in monkeypox cases with more than 3,400 confirmed or suspected. But there's still not enough vaccine supply to go around. Reporter Nick Ionelli with our affiliate WTOP. The monkeypox vaccine is usually given in two doses, but here in D.C., those eligible for the vaccine will get just one for now. We are really working hard to get the vaccine out to as many people as possible. Clover Barnes with D.C.'s health department says a single dose is effective for six months. That should be enough time for the city to get more vaccine shipments in. And when there's enough to go around,